This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Through the Ringer, I'm your host Tate Frazier, and today we have a very special guest. He is the Ringer's own Michael Pina. He's a man that uh, covers the NBA ad nauseum on this website, keeps us up to date on all the many happenings in the world of the NBA. Michael, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I do my best, Tate. I do my best. Well, you're locked in, and I appreciate it because for people like me, uh, I feel like you know every single day the you know the news cycle shifts so much. You know, one team goes from being the the team that we all adore and they're the hottest team to you know now they're at the bottom of the pit. You know, get them out of here, tank all, all the many things, and uh, a lot of drama in the NBA world. And speaking of drama, we have to talk about last night's team that caused a lot of drama. That, of course, is the Minnesota Timberwolves. And uh, let's just start there. What's going on in Minnesota, Michael? I, I uh, I'm trying to keep up, but it seems like a lot of chaos. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, yesterday, no big deal. Rudy Gobert punched <laughs> one of his teammates in the chest during a timeout. Little altercation um, with between him and Kyle Anderson. Rudy was sent home at halftime, which is obviously not what you want. The Minnesota Timberwolves somehow um, won that game against the New Orleans Pelicans, a huge win for them, uh, slotted them into the eighth seed for the play-in. Uh, also during that game in the second quarter, Jaden McDaniels, who will probably make an all-defensive team, incredibly important player for them, uh, punched a wall and mm. uh, fractured his hand. So he will not be available for the play-in. Rudy Gobert has been suspended for the first game of the play-in, so he will also not be in action. Um it's just a total mess. Uh, I don't really know what else to say about them. Uh, we can get into the nitty gritty, but uh, just a weird season for a totally dysfunctional basketball team. And people forget, you know, they made a big trade. Uh, obviously, we've talked about it a lot on the ringer.com. Rudy Gobert um, was supposed to be this defensive juggernaut for this team. He was supposed to step in, be the rim protector. He and Carl Towns just haven't been able to find, you know, a world in which they seem to fit with each other on the basketball court. That's been a conversation that's been going on. But I wanted to ask you about, you know, Bill Simmons famously talked about the Ewing theory. Is there a little bit of that happening here? Gobert not going to play in the playing game. But as we saw against the Pelicans, Anthony Edwards, Carl Towns, they look pretty good without him. I think it's totally possible, honestly, that the Timberwolves, I'm not going to pick them. I think it's possible that they can beat the Lakers in this game because what we saw in that uh, the last game of the regular season with Anthony Edwards, floor space, they're small with Kyle Anderson at the five. Sometimes they've got Cat at the five. He's obviously one of the best uh, three-point shooters of his size in the history of basketball. So clearing the paint for an athlete like Ant, 
uh, letting him get downhill, letting him finish at the rim. Something he can't do when Rudy Gobert is in the game, which is why that trade was so curious to begin with. But offensively, you know, it's going to be really interesting. If Carl Towns can stay out of foul trouble, if the Timberwolves can defensive rebound and keep Anthony Davis off the glass, offensive glass, I think they have a real shot. And I also don't expect Anthony Edwards to rest at all in this game. I think he will go the distance and he is amazing and I can't wait to watch. Yeah, and it's also one of those things with Ant-Man where, you know, he was the number one pick, obviously, but it's almost like he's a little bit under the radar. And I thought a fascinating moment last night after the game, they beat the Pelicans, like you said earlier. But then Zion Williamson, who's obviously not playing, he's, I guess, ramping up right now. We don't really know what, what, what the implications are there. But he goes and almost like he's, you know, Dr. J talking to a young player in the NBA, but he goes after the game and says, great game, you know, Anthony Edwards. I really respect your game. And Ant-Man, you know, accepted it, but it, it just – like it was a very funny moment I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that moment and uh, obviously it felt like a strange coronation for a guy who was a number one pick behind Zion if Zion had Anthony Edwards ability to not get hurt he might be the MVP this season right. he's amazing he's my favorite player to watch bar none it's just super sad that he's I mean the Dr. J reference is kind of hilarious um, yeah <laughs> it felt like I, an old head talking to a young head and I'm like these guys are drafted one draft <laughs> apart yeah so it feels like Zion's been in the league that long with how much time he's missed um but yeah, I mean, it would be really cool if Zion could play. Uh, thankfully, Ant is healthy, and I think he's played like 79 games. He only missed a few games this year, just one of the Iron Men in the league. That's really awesome to see. And, yeah, uh, I wish Zion could play because he would be in the play-in also, and it would be really fun to see. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that game because the Oklahoma City Thunder playing, you know, in New Orleans. New Orleans last year was a team that in the play-in was able to sneak in. Then they gave the Phoenix Suns, you know, a little run for their money there in the first round. They were a very fun team. A lot of people got excited about this roster. What do you see in that matchup? Who do you think actually ends up earning the eighth seed out west? We obviously know that the Timberwolves have it right now, but who do you think actually makes the playoffs there? Right. Uh, you know, Brandon Ingram coming from your favorite uh, college basketball <laughs> team, right. Tate. Um, he is, I think he could be the best, no disrespect to Shea, Gilgis Alexander, who's going to be first team all NBA. Um, I think Brandon Ingram could be the best player on the floor in this game. The Pelicans need him to be the best player on the floor in this game to win. He's going to be going up against Lou Dort, who is just an absolute brick wall. It's going to be a fascinating matchup. Uh, Shea is going to be going up against Herb Jones, who could also make an all defensive team. Right. One of the better on ball defenders in basketball. Um, that game is going to be really fun. Uh, the Pelicans have kind of been treating the last couple weeks of the regular season like it's their playoffs. They had to win a bunch of critical games, including, uh, well, they lost the regular season finale, but they won 9 of 12 uh, heading into the play-in. So I, I like... I like the Pelicans in that game. They're going to be at home. They have Ingram. They have C.J. McCollum, a vet. Uh, they've got defenders. They've got some three-point shooters. So I like them in that one. Um, and who's going to make the playoffs was the next question. I right. Mean, who's going to end up being so, – so, like, in theory, <laughs> let's say the Lakers take care of business against a team that, you know, has had some drama. Now we have a Pelicans-Timberwolves game for the eighth seed. You know, which one do you think uh, even not only is the team that would win that game, but is scarier for maybe the one seed, the Denver Nuggets? Yeah, I think that the Timberwolves are the better. I mean, they're just way more talented. Right. Uh, assuming Rudy Gobert is allowed to play basketball for the team that pays him $200 million. <laughs> 
Yeah, I agree with you. I feel the same way. Let's flip to the Eastern Conference because, obviously, this is a fascinating matchup just because in the playoffs and in critical games, the Miami Heat have seemed to own the Atlanta Hawks. It has not been a good matchup for the Hawks, and now they go up against each other. What do you see in this game? What do you forecast, and is there a world in which Trey Young you know, finds that ice tray mentality and gets a win over, over the Miami Heat? It would be nice to see. Um for the Hawks organization. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen though. Um, Jimmy Butler in a do or die game. I'm just not picking like against his team. I don't care who's on the other side. He's, we're talking about going the distance. That dude is not subbing out of a basketball game unless it's like a 30 point deficit or a 30 point lead with two minutes to go. He's amazing. Um, Eric Spolster just seems to have Trey Young's number, the way that they defend him. They're so physical. They blitz all the pick and rolls. I think DeJounte Murray will have to have a big game off ball. He's got to hit a lot of tough contested mid-range jumpers. The Hawks don't shoot a lot of threes. Uh, good news for them is the Miami Heat can't hit a three to save their life. They recently <laughs> put Max Struess into the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Lowry is coming off the bench, though. I, I just... I don't think the Miami Heat are good. I don't think that they're going to win a playoff series or go on a run or anything like that. Their offense is just not good enough. But in one game to beat the Atlanta Hawks, a team that they've had their number, I, I'd have to pick them. Right, and this is Udonis Haslam's last dance, so there's a little bit of uh, an emotional angle there if you're a Miami Heat fan. Maybe you believe in that and buy into that a little bit. Uh, Yeah, I I think that's a tough matchup for the Hawks. Uh, And then the other play-in matchup that we have in the Eastern Conference, we've got the Chicago Bulls traveling to Toronto. They have not played so great in Toronto. Toronto's played well at home. Um, Is there any world in which the Bulls, who have weirdly beat some of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, whether it be the Celtics or the Bucks or the Sixers, right? They've shown up randomly in some of those big games, but they have not been able to find consistency is there a world in which they go to Toronto and maybe get the upset here I think they could I I, I wouldn't be surprised honestly if the Toronto Raptors said we don't even want to show up to this game we don't want to play our coach doesn't want to be here let's just we'll see you next season that could that's totally on the table um I I've got a lot of respect for what Zach Levine's done over the past few weeks all season, really, to be honest, he's played extreme, extremely well offensively. Uh, DeMar DeRozan in a close game, put the ball in his hands and good things usually happen. I like Chicago's depth. Also, Kobe White has played uh, really well this year. Surprisingly, Patrick under the radar, right? Not a lot of people have talked about him. Yeah. Yeah, that's your guy. That's my guy. I love Kobe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I like their depth. The Raptors, it's just just such a sad story with them. They just don't seem like they have fun when they play basketball with each other. They made a trade at the the deadline to get Jakob Pertl. I thought he steadied them a little bit, but they just can't function offensively. Uh, They're so bad. They're just so bad. They just don't hit shots. And you got to hit shots in the NBA, especially right now this season with offensive efficiency through the roof. You're just not going to win basketball games. So despite their pedigree, despite their playoff experience, I'd have to go with Chicago in that Mm. one. It's the play-in. It's actually fun. We've had some great play-in scenarios over the years, despite some of the pushback early on in the play-in. So we'll be tuned in. And uh, thanks so much for joining the show, man. Thanks, Dave. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. 
It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. I am still your host, Tate Frazier, and I am honored to be joined by the Ringers' David Shoemaker. Shoemaker, it's great to see you, man. It's great to see you too, Tate. It's like you were never gone. <laughs> hey, it's great to be back. It's great to see your beautiful face. And, uh, you know, when I'm at the Ringer, there is a sport that I talk about a little bit more than maybe I would if I was not at the Ringer. And that, of course, is your expertise, the WWE. Uh, we also have the UFC that we're going to get into. But there's a, there's a big question. There's a big word of the day. And the word of the day is merger. Um, and that's what's happening with both these sports. I wanted to get into that with you, Shoemaker. What is your big takeaway? How much did you hear about this before it actually happened? And now we got a merger with Endeavor uh, buying the UFC. and uh, Well, they already had the UFC and now buying the WWE. Um, I heard about it shockingly little uh, or a lot less than what you might expect. Mm. The whole way through the sale process, which has been a story in its own right, um, Endeavor was the only the only whisper that I was getting people would, you know, people mostly in Los Angeles would say, oh, I'm hearing things about Endeavor, but nothing really concrete, but that's what you would hear. Even if it weren't the case, those are people are plugged into Endeavor, you know? Um, I did get the feeling about a month, two months ago, probably that a sale was imminent because I don't know, just the general chatter, the vibe of the chatter changed, but I had nothing, I had nothing to go on. And then mm. in Los Angeles for WrestleMania 39 this past week, Suddenly, on the way to the arena on Sunday morning, um, the word broke that yeah, this this is this is 
the deal was done and a merger between UFC and Endeavor and WWE was imminent. So um, they did a pretty good job of keeping it under wraps. The only indication I got that anything was about to happen was that people, you know, stopped returning my text messages for about 24 hours. So uh, maybe I should have known. <laughs> well, that's usually how it goes. And uh, I wanted to ask you about that. You're at SoFi Stadium, WrestleMania. It's, you know, there's all the stars are coming out, right? All the, the sports media people are in the building. What was that atmosphere like? And, and then how how much was that tied to the announcement, right? Because that seems like very WWE to take advantage of that moment in time and get this out to the public. So WWE does... WrestleMania now over two nights or two days, depending on, you know, what time zone you're in. It was on Saturday and it was on Sunday. And both days they have a little reception before for some of their, you know, uh, high profile uh, visitors or their business partners and that sort of thing. Um, the the difference between day one in the, in the reception and on the floor around the ring and day two might have looked the same to an outsider. But from where I was sitting, it was a pretty marked difference. Day two mm. was a lot more of the um, important people in media uh, showing up. I, I, I was I was at the reception talking to somebody and they were like, oh, there's the chairman of Comcast. There's the uh, the president of NBCU, whatever. Like everybody there was somebody who was incredibly important in media who I didn't recognize. Uh, so um, I think that when you get a big deal like that on a big day like that and, you know, Ari Emanuel and assorted others are involved, a lot of people show up just to sort of pay homage, you know? Right. And it was a it was a big scene, like you said, and obviously yourself included and the big stars that were in the building. So, you know, it was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed watching it all, you know, kind of roll out on social media and obviously watching it live. Um, but when I hear the word merger, Shoemaker, and, and I hear about this big deal, I immediately go to one man who is obviously the face of this sport and has been for quite some time. Vince McMahon. What does this mean for Vince McMahon? And what does that look like in the future? It's a really interesting question. And for wrestling fans, that's sort of you know, question number one. Um, mm. Obviously, he was sort of drummed out of the company last year around this time um, because of uh, some very serious allegations right. um, and and eventually forced his way back in. At the time, he said to facilitate a sale. It was unclear if that was actually the motive or if he was just trying to, you know, use his position as the primary shareholder to just sort of work his way back into the company. One thing that's been um, indubitably true uh, well, two things. One thing that's true, uh, I think most wrestling fans would agree on, is that the creative product was better in his absence, um, right. fresher, uh, more interesting in a lot of different ways. And then th the interesting thing is that when he came back, he steered clear of the creative department and just focused on the sale. The night after WrestleMania, the night after this deal was announced, he was back um, in what they call guerrilla position right behind the curtain in the, it, 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 on Monday Night Raw, tearing up the script and rewriting it on the fly. And wrestling fans said, oh, no, we're back. Sorry, he said, oh, no, we're back to the, the old way of doing things. Um, he wasn't there at SmackDown on Friday, and it seems to be back to uh, his son-in-law, Triple H, um, Paul Levesque, running creative. Um, but that does throw into question, like, what is Vince McMahon doing in all this? Now, for one thing, after the year he went through, uh, it does seem like there's some motive there. You can imagine a motive of him sort of writing his own ending, right? Mm. This has been a uh, quite a career, quite a life. He still has got a long time to go. But at the end of the day, people will talk about this merger that values his company at nine plus billion dollars. Um, you know, that dollar figure is sort of a thing that he was chasing for a long time. And uh, what he does now 
who knows? I mean, I, when when the deal was announced, I a lot of people sort of said, I think that he's just going to get a you know honorary chairman title and a really nice office and sort of ride off into the sunset. But anybody that knows Vince McMahon knows that that's highly unlikely. So mm. we'll see. We'll we'll see what he decides he wants to do with his time because he's not the majority shareholder in the way that he was with WWE anymore in this new endeavor, pun definitely intended, but um, he's still going to be a major power player. And when you look at him and Ari Emanuel on CNBC and announcing the sale, when you see, I mean, he's still this personality, this larger than life character. And when you, when you make this kind of deal with WWE, you want to have the product, but you also want to have, you know, the Barnum, you know, you want, you, you want to have the, you want to have the big, larger-than-life face attached to it, and what that means in terms of day-to-day, that's still up in the air. Yeah, and uh, like you said, he is a, a guy that tells stories. He, he's trying to control his own narrative. He wants his story to be perceived in a certain way, and obviously mm-hmm. that's a part of the story. Part of the sport is the storytelling, and you mentioned the characters, and I wanted to ask you about just the UFC and the WWE relationship because we've seen some stars like Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, right, that have been you know UFC fighters that have made that transition into the WWE. Do we think that we're going to see more of that now that we have this you know connection and they're obviously owned by the same pair? company is that something that we want to see more of or or is that something that we're reticent about a little bit well i mean part of the interesting thing about wwe and ufc merging is that their fan bases well from the outside they might look like very similar products one Mm -hmm. being more or less scripted and one being more or less not uh their fan bases are very defiant about their distinction right we're not into that (laughs) fake stuff we're not you know we're not into that human cockfighting you know whatever it's like they're very you know they, they try to it's so similar, I think, that people really try to split the hairs to define themselves. Um, but, you know, wrestlers are by and large UFC fans or MMA fans and, and MMA fighters, you know, are by and large grew up to be, you know, they they got into the cage because they wanted to be Hulk Hogan. You know, I mean, there is mm. that that's that there's a there's a deep connection. There. Will we see more? I mean, I think you can only expect that the answer is yes, because of now the kind of synergy between the two companies. You know, I mean, what, one of the things that that made you know, that, that probably hamstrung that in the past is they're both pretty siloed, not just in terms of each other, but in terms of the, the world, you know, I mean, if you, if you were an MMA fighter that wanted to be a wrestler, it's not like there was a, a hotline to call, you know, you had to, you had to figure it out. Now, you know, you call your manager, you call your agent and you say, Hey, can I just like go to the office next door for a couple of weeks? Yeah. I, I imagine there'll be a lot more of that stuff. And, and it'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out. Yeah, they're going to be, uh, you know, kind of trying to uh, swim together for the first time, you know, as as two sports that are now intertwined moving forward. And, uh, you know, that's some great insight. Appreciate you coming on the show. Shoemaker, where can we find all of your work? Obviously, the Masked Man Show is the place to be. But what else do you have going on in the Ringer universe? The whole Ringer Wrestling Show, the Masked Man Show is a part of it. We we're, we have a different wrestling podcast every week. I mean, every day, the uh, Masked Man Show twice a week, Cheap Heat. Wednesday Worldwide. Um, a lot of incredible wrestling content on theringer.com. The best. Uh, yeah, we articles. We have the Ringer Powerboard at wrestling.theringer.com and incredibly good, insightful pieces by um, just a whole a whole crew of really, really good writers. Um, and, you know, we always got some other stuff working on the background, too. I know, you know, Bill winks about the Vince McMahon documentary. That, yeah, we still talk about those things. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's something that we can keep wink-winking about because it might be a good one. He is David Shoemaker of TheRinger.com. Appreciate you coming on the show, Shoemaker. Thanks for having me, Dave.
All right, there you have it. Thank you to David Shoemaker. Thank you to Michael Pina for coming on the show and breaking it all down for us. This has been Through the Ringer, Episode 2. Stay tuned because coming up right now, it is Kevin O'Connor on his new show, Beyond the Arc. You can learn about everything that's happening in the world of the NBA. This has been Through the Ringer, and we'll see you on Thursday.